Um, growing up, <clears throat> how many people watched wrestling? We got, I got any wrestling fans in there? All right. I was kind of tight when they changed the WWF to, you know, WWE, right? I, I remember back in the day, the WWF characters were my favorite. Saturday mornings, uh, WrestleMania. Any WrestleMania fans? What? When they, have to, they had the little thing that you would ride down and Andre the Giant was riding anything down to the ring. Ultimate Warrior, he used to be crazy. Y'all don't know nothing, but y'all really watch wrestling, man. Ultimate Warrior was my guy. But cheesy as it is, Hulk Hogan was my man, right? Now, I know it was kind of cheesy, but I really like how Hulk Hogan would get beat up for 45 minutes. A whole 45 minutes, he would get slammed, he'd get punched in the face, his hair would go from like really light blonde to just soaking wet, then you could see the ball spot right there. But he would get beat up so bad, and then there was a moment in every match. Hulk Hogan would get hit in a type of way that would make him stand up. He'd be hurting, he'd get hit. Then he'd go down again, he'd get hit again. And as he got hit, the more he got hit, the stronger he got. The stronger he got until he bounced off the rope, bounced off the rope, leg drop. Oh, let's go. I was so motivated as a young person. I got so hyped watching Hulk Hogan get beat up. And at this moment, he would just turn up. And I began to have admiration for that type of person. And if I think about it, there are people in real life. Now, wrestling wasn't real. They were, they were acting. It was entertainment. But there are people in real life who are kind of like my Hulk Hogan's. They get hit with the things in life. They get hit with situations. And there are times when they get hit, they're down. And it could be on and on and stuff happening over and over. And when they get hit, they stand up. And then they think back, they're like, okay, I'm going to try again, I'm going to try again. Here comes another elbow, and they stand up. And then there comes another kick and another punch, and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And somehow in the midst of them uh, getting hit, they have this joy. They have this response that is admirable. Uh, a, a mentor of mine uh, passed away recently, and uh, he's in ministry. He was in ministry full-time, and the, he had Parkinson's disease. And the more diagnosis he got, I would watch this man get excited. And that joy will blow my mind. Eventually, he was in a wheelchair, and the last time I saw him, he was in a wheelchair. We were down in Florida, and he said, Aswan, I'm going to show you how to die. And he was willing to embrace life's circumstances and life's blows. And he responded with this rejoicing, with this energy. And I was so motivated. I admire that. And I'm going to be honest, I'm not quite there. And maybe some of you can relate in the room. But when I think about the Bible and I look at the early Christians, they modeled this. The early Christians, when they were beat, when they were persecuted, man, they responded with this type of joy 
that I just think, man, how do I get that? I think about Daniel when he was, there's a, there's a character in the Bible, a guy in the, in the Bible named Daniel. And when Daniel's in this situation, he gets taken away from his country and he goes and the king puts out a, a, a decree that you have to go bow down and worship the, worship the king. And Daniel says, you know what? I'm not doing that. I'm going to worship my God. I'm like, man, that's crazy. A dude named John the Baptist and all of his fame, he speaks against power. And there's a woman, he speaks against a marriage. And this and in this marriage, because he spoke up against it, he gets his head chopped off. Like these early Christians represented something that I have just grown to admire. And here's the truth. Following Jesus is not safe. Following Jesus isn't always safe. And man, I'm encouraged today because there is a way to respond when the blows of life happen to you. There's a way that the Christians in the room and in the world are to respond. And I want to take a look at that this morning. And so if you've been rocking with us, you know we've been in our Beatitude series We've been talking about uh, uh, Jesus who was on um, a, a mountain and he's talking to his disciples. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And within this Sermon on the Mount, the first thing Jesus does is he gives these eight statements that would have blown the minds of his listeners. Jesus's intent in these Beatitudes is to shift the paradigm, change the way that they think about God And they think about themselves. See, the disciples were sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to this sermon, listening to these messages, listening to this truth to learn. He wanted to change how they thought. And everything he said was a paradigm switch. It was a paradox. Listen to this. And we're at the end, this last statement. This is the one that moved me. This is the one for me personally. I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking at you. I'm talking with you this morning. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 5. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are blessed. I can imagine him looking uh, down the mountainside as they're sitting down listening to him. He says, you are blessed when they insult you and persecute you. And falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Verse 12, be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven. For that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Yo, hearing this would have been crazy. How, Sway? How how are the people persecuted the ones who are blessed? That's crazy. This right here was meant uh, uh, to unearth something in them. And I pray that God has prepared our hearts to hear what Jesus has for us. But so today we're talking about persecution. Why? Because following Jesus is not always safe. Now, when I say persecution, here's what I mean. Being physically, mentally, financially, or socially harmed Because of your faith in and association with Jesus. I'm going to say that again. When I say persecution, here's what I mean. Being physically, mentally, financially, 
or socially harmed because of your faith in and your association with Jesus. See, the truth of the scripture, Jesus tells us that there will be persecution. Now, this is super important for us to get this morning. There's a caveat, two caveats to this. All of scripture is God's word, but all of God's word doesn't find us in the same place. And I believe, and I hope you do as well, it would be disingenuous for us to think about the type of persecution that happened with the early Christians and think that what we are experiencing, what I experience, what you are experiencing right now is the same. That would be whack, to be very honest. If we really thought that we were uh, uh, in a place, if, if right now if we go outside and we yell the name Jesus, people would just walk right by us if they're not interested. I mean, maybe somebody, oh yeah, amen, brother. Somebody might do that. But nobody's coming to drag you to jail. Nobody's coming to, to, to physically harm you. And so from, from that vantage point, let's be clear that the persecution that, we're, uh, that we may experience is not what's happening uh, in the early church, nor around the world currently. Uh, I have some friends that do ministry in another country, and they were telling me about a, about, about a woman who, uh, who converted from, uh, uh, from being a Muslim to being a Christian, and her mom caught her reading the Bible, beat her down. And she's like, Mom, listen, but I have fallen in love with Jesus. I have found Jesus. And so she calls her uncle, and the uncle literally slices her to try to kill her. She gets away, and she is still proclaiming Jesus. We don't know nothing about that. Can we be honest? We don't know nothing about that, okay? That's caveat number one. Caveat number two. Some of us, let me, let me be specific. Some of you Christians in the room and online would say that you're experiencing persecution now. Yeah, my family don't talk to me because I be bringing that truth. My people, people, don't, people don't like me because I just tell them like it is from the Bible. Well, can I be honest? That's not persecution. That's a result of you just being mean. That's a result of you not being gracious and kind. The reason your family doesn't like you is because you're not likable. I'm just saying, it's, it's not essentially because on the account of your affiliation with Jesus, it's because you don't know how to talk to people. Yeah, we, yes, all right, I listen. I know it's difficult. I know that might be hard to swallow. Some of you might be like, yo, is that me? Listen, I gotta check myself as well. When people run from you, that's not a good thing. Nowhere in the Bible do you see people just running from Jesus. You see crowds of people wanting to be by his side. People who don't even know who he is. Man, I just want to be clear about that. See, the scripture says uh, a good name is to be chosen over great wealth. This is Proverbs 22. A good name is to be chosen over great wealth. Favor is better than silver and gold. Silver and gold is at the top of the chain in the money, on the money chain. And the Bible is saying a good name should be sought after above that, over that. 
So there's a tension here. You ha- the desire to have a good name, you shouldn't be going out just desiring to be persecuted. You should desire to have a good name. And then scripture also says in Romans, Paul says this in Romans 12, 8, 18, if possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And so there's this desire to live with, at peace with everyone. But, yo, there's some people who don't want to live at peace with you. So there is this real tension that we hold. And I want you to keep those in mind as you think about us unpacking this scripture. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven, for that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, I think there are going to be some things that we get from persecution. See, I believe persecution moves you from neutrality. You can't just be neutral. And so although those caveats are true, God still has something for us in this text. But what kind of feelings do you have? How do you feel when we say persecution? See, I want to be real. Some of you may have experienced this at work already. You may have experienced it socially Maybe, maybe even a little bit financially, maybe because they know you, you were bold about your faith and that, that gig on Broadway or that gig, that job you wanted, maybe they said, you know what, they didn't tell you, but they just didn't hire you. They didn't book you for the job be, because of your faith. And it's been difficult. I want you to make room for your feelings. I want you to think about that as we go through this scripture this morning. And if you're not following Jesus, if you, don't, if you don't come to church, you don't mess with church, man, you know what I hope today? I actually hope you have a little bit of grace because following Jesus isn't safe. And so although Christians mess up a lot and we harm people, man, I do hope that for those of us in the room and those of us online that, that don't go to church or, or don't really rock with church people, Maybe you could be a little gracious today. Now, here's the truth. None of us like opposition. None of us desire to be opposed or challenged because of what we believe in. None of us love persecution. But why, though? Why don't we love persecution? Here's one for me. This is very true. Because I prefer comfort. Amen. Yes, sir. Listen, I went to speak. uh, I got a chance to speak at a... um, uh, a, a retreat for a school, and um, the, the camp that we went to, let's just say, it's nice. But what I'm used to, <laughs> I'm used to the little, little fridge where water's in it. I'm used to the Wi-Fi. I'm used to getting there, having the bed made. When I got there, I had to make my bed. I'm like, what is this? I gotta make my bed? Who am I? But the truth is, I prefer comfort. When you think about Uber, Amazon Prime, all those things, Instacart. Shout out to Instacart. Amen for Instacart. Good Lord. Bring it all the way upstairs. Amen. I will give you a tip, my brother. But they're built and designed to fuel our comfort. 
and our convenience. See, part of the reason we don't like this concept of persecution is because we would, pref- we would prefer comfort. Am I right? right? Amen to that. Also, I think there's just real fear. See, I'm with you in this. As I was preparing for this message, I was like, God, I'm, I'm scared a little bit. When persecution comes, I, 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 don't, I don't desire to leave my family behind. Like, I, I, don't, I don't want that. There is legit fear. And, and for me growing up, I didn't grow up as a Christian, but I was connected a little bit when I was 12 to this faith community. And I didn't know you could have fear. I thought it was like a bad thing to have fear. Oh, you just got to pray more. No, those cliches don't work. Get them joints out of here. You just got to be bare before God and say, yo, I'm just fearful. The truth is we fear persecution. And we should. Fear prevents us from leaning into this idea of being glad and rejoicing when persecution comes. Here's the third one. It's ignorance. See, we don't have a theology, a, a way to think about persecution accurately. Because here in the West, here in America, um, the, 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 the Christianity that we proclaim at times leaves out this idea of persecution. See, the Bible teaches that persecution is inevitable. If you follow Jesus, there will be a value system that clashes against yours. If you're a Christian, that is factual. That is true. There is a value system that doesn't value your value system. There's a value system that doesn't think about God and the things of God the way that Christians do. But in our American Christianity, we often leave it out. And it does the Christians a disservice. I was with a a Christian rapper friend, and he said, I wonder if I would be a Christian if I, grew, if I didn't grow up in the West. I wonder, he wondered, what, what, what would he be following if he didn't grow up in the West? Man, our, our, our desire for comfort, our fear, and our ignorance are the reasons why we fear persecution. But although it's hard to think about and maybe hard to connect with for some of us, Jesus must have something for us. Jesus still saw fit to bring his disciples up to the mount and actually deposit this truth, this beatitude to them. And so I want us today to glean from it. Hear it again in your hearing. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. That also means on the account of righteousness. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven. For that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. There's three things I want to, three nuggets I want to extract from this passage. Here's one. Persecution reminds us that earth is not our home. And man, when I was preparing, it took me a while to get to that because I have been living a Christian life that has been focused on just the here and now. 
Can I confess, Jordan? Can I be honest with the peoples? <laughs> I have focused on the, I, yo, there's so many times I go to scripture and I'm like, yo, what's practical that I can do right now, that I could put in place right now? And that is good. <laughs> we do have to stop being mean, Christians. But I think what Jesus was getting at is that earth is not your home. Listen to what he says. Listen, listen to it. Be glad and rejoice. You know why he's saying be glad and rejoice? Because your reward is great in heaven. Man, I want to preach that this morning. How many of us, who, those of you who follow Jesus, do you believe your reward in heaven is great? There will be one day when there's no tears when there are no barren wombs, when there's no fighting, when there's no opposition, when there's no value system to oppose God, there will be a day when you see him face to face. And Jesus is saying, that reward is what will allow you to get hit and to pop up like Hulk Hogan. That reward, when you get hit and persecuted and beat and in your social circles where people are making fun of you because of the tenets of your faith, when you pop up and keep going and keep going, it's because your reward is in heaven. There will be things you experience here. There are, you are blessed here and you will get a chance to uh, receive that. But I really do think God is reminding us that the great reward is in heaven. I debated whether I was going to share this or not, but I feel compelled to, when, I, when my dad passed eight years ago, and many of you know that, my dad was my best friend, and there was a time after his passing where uh, I, I, was, I was doing something and uh, taking a shower or something like that, and, and I got this vision, and in this vision, the camera of my mind scanned from the bottom up. And all I saw on the bottom was this sand, and, this, and it looked beautiful as it was scaling up. And my pops, he didn't have shoes on. I'm like, that's strange. He always wears shoes. <laughs> but his jeans were folded neatly, which he would have done. And he had on blue jeans and an all-white button down. My son was swaggy. And as it pans up, as the, the, my mind's eye pans up to his face, it says, my dad is looking in the camera, looking at the eyes, and he says, it's all real. Man, it's a reminder that earth is not our home. And when we live like that, we are powerful. When Christians live like that, the world won't know what to do. It will be a paradox. They're getting beat for 45 minutes of the wrestling match. But yet they have joy. And you can say, the Christian can say, because my great reward, I'm rejoicing and I'm glad because my great reward is in heaven. Second nugget. I think persecution encourages us to live for God's well done rather than for the praise of people. What if everyone you know affirms you and they like you and they give you accolades, but you're not doing what God's called you to do? 
how would it feel to get all of the praises of people and know that your soul is empty and to know that that's the only thing you have to stand on? Man, persecution not only pushes us away from neutrality, it forces us to be encouraged to say, I want to live for the day when I stand before him and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. See, these Christians that Jesus was talking to, the ones that were going to be persecuted here, they, what, the, the, the connotation here is that they would have had an option to, to avoid persecution, they would have had a choice to step, uh, the, the, in, this is the line of fire. They would have had the choice to do that, but they choose to stand there and take it. And Jesus is saying, those people are blessed. Those are the Christians that are blessed who stand in the line of fire because they know they're living for something greater than the praises of people. Jesus didn't live for human praise. In fact, he rejected it. John 5 verse 41 I do not accept glory from people, but I know you, that you have no love for God within you. I have come in my Father's name, and yet you don't accept me. Here's a question. Where have you allowed the praises of people to be intoxicating? Where has the praise of people rejected or quieted what God has asked you to do as a Christian. See, I think to myself, how was Jesus able to do this? Well, it tells us when he was baptized, when Jesus gets out of the water, the crowd, everyone heard this statement. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Before he did any miracle, before he did anything. One of the greatest truths about the Christian it's not only that you've been made in the image of God, but that you have been adopted as sons and daughters. Live for the good and well done of God. Francis Chan has a quote. He says this, our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't matter. Here's the third nugget for us persecution makes us bolder persecution makes the proclamation it makes the sharing of your faith bolder in acts 5 uh, the disciples are out in the temple court and they're uh talking about god they're praying they're doing their thing uh the the the, the religious people come and they arrest them and they say yo Get in jail because we don't want you talking about this, this Jesus. And so an angel comes by, frees them out of jail, and the angel tells them, go and tell the people of this new life. So they leave jail. They go back out. They're back in the temple courts. The religious leaders come and they try to find them in the jail. They realize that they're not there. Somebody reports back to them, yo, the people that you arrested are back in the temple courts. That's crazy. They're like, yo, bring them in here. So they bring them in, they shake them down, they flog them, and they tell them, do not proclaim the name of Jesus. They say, well, we have to obey what God says. And then in Acts 5, verse 40, 42, it says this. It says that they kept uh, proclaiming the good news that Jesus was the Messiah day after day. Day after day. 
persecution makes us bolder. Paul says this, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and also to the Greek. I want to close with this example, this thought. Growing up as a basketball fan in the 90s, um, Reggie Miller is, not a, is someone who walked into the garden and boldly took down the Knicks. But the crazy thing is persecution from the crowd made him stronger. He shot more threes. He danced in the middle of the garden. My prayer is that the Christians in the building would walk into the garden, would receive persecution, and we would boldly proclaim that Jesus is the Messiah. My application for you is this. What would it look like for your life to be lived for the well done of God? What adjustments do you have to make? Let me pray. Lord, thank you for the truth of what persecution helps us do. In Jesus' name, amen.